0: We come now to message two, and the title is The Two Steps of Reconciliation, portrayed by the Two Veils of the Tabernacle. Now, I believe that the vast majority of the dear saints that are in this conference are somewhat familiar with the tabernacle revealed in Exodus and that was in the time of the people of God in the wilderness. If there are some uh, newer ones or those who do not know anything about this, uh, please take care of them. Just maybe after the message is given, just help them To see this picture, in a way, the tabernacle was what we would call a big, kind of a big tent, and uh, it had boards covered with gold as the walls, and inside there were two main sections, one called the Holy Place. And then there was a veil separating another area called the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, that is where God in his glory himself was present. In the holy place, there was a table with bread and a golden lampstand shining, and the incense altar burning incense for prayer. So there were aspects of Christ given to us, but God in Christ himself was in the holy of holies. And only one person, the high priest, could enter the Holy of Holies once a year with the sin offering. And so there are two veils in this tabernacle. One we would call, it's like the door of entering the holy place from the outside. And this is based upon the altar signifying the cross where the offerings were presented to God typifying Christ. And those who were saved through hearing the gospel and believing in Christ, the Son of God, and were had their sins forgiven then they could begin to enjoy the bread on the table which signifies christ as the true bread the living bread and the lampstand is christ shining but god's goal is that we enter into him in glory are absolutely one with him, can behold him as he beholds us. This is the goal. And so we will look in some detail at these two veils. One veil, when it's opened up, we enter the holy place. And then the other veil, when it is torn open, we'll explain why, what that means. We can enter into the holy of holies. So I read the subject again, the title, The Two Steps of Reconciliation. I believe you remember these two steps from message one. We are reconciled to God from our sins and then we're reconciled to God from ourself, our fallen old man. And we have a picture. Therefore, these steps are portrayed by the two veils of the tabernacle. So this is an attempt to give an opening word to show we want to deepen our understanding of the two steps of reconciliation by examining this picture portrayed in the tabernacle. Roman numeral one, generally Today's Christians know only the first aspect of Christ's death, that he died for our sins, that we may be forgiven by God. <clears throat> and so we have a reference, 1 Corinthians fifteen, three. I'd like to read it, to have it before us. Where Paul says for I delivered to you first of all that which I that which also I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So we are thankful whenever An unbeliever, someone living a sinful life, is convicted by the Spirit and responds to the gospel and calls on the Lord and believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead and confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, then that dear one, he or she, are reconciled to God from their sins. And they receive eternal life. This is wonderful. We should rejoice over anyone who is saved in this way, no matter where they are or who brought them to salvation. But, Most Christians, they are not familiar with the second aspect of his death, of Christ's death. That he died for us, that we may live to him in the resurrection life. Now, when we read this point and apply this point... We're not criticizing anyone. We're not judging the vast majority of Christians. We're not blaming them for anything. And we do not have the attitude that we are farther along than you, we are above you. Absolutely not. We simply have received mercy and blessing from the Lord through the New Testament ministry and the ministry of the age that we have learned about the second step. And Paul could testify to this. I refer to Galatians 2.20 again. I have been crucified with Christ. Romans 6.6 our old man was crucified with him. And here we have a scripture reference from 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15. And these are very precious verses as we will see now. For the love of Christ Constrains us because we have judged this that one died for all, therefore, all died. This is Christ dying for us. We should have died. Because of sin and death. Because we cannot be righteous before God in ourselves. But Christ died for our sins that we might be justified. That is proclaimed righteous by God. Righteous by God in Christ. But we need to go on to see. He died for all. Therefore, all died. Again, I refer to Romans 6.6 6 and Galatians 2.20. We need the light to shine through the word into us for us all to realize in our spirit. When Christ died on the cross, We died in him and with him. We were all crucified with Christ, all of us, at the same moment. And our old man, and the old man is the totality, the complete fallen being that we are in ourselves. This old man was crucified on the cross. Then, verse 15 shows us the goal. And he died for all that those who live may no longer live to themselves, but to him who died for them and has been raised. I recommend these verses for pray-reading and read-praying. He died for all. Why? So that those who live, that is, have life in Christ... And are living now on earth. No longer live to themselves. This is how all unbelievers live. They're not only for themselves. They are to themselves. The self directs everything. Everything done is for the self, unto the self. And millions of dear Christians continue to live this way. Even though they are children of God, they have not been trained yet by the Lord to walk according to the Spirit, to live Christ as Paul did. And almost all the time, they're in the old man in the flesh, in the self, in the natural constitution. And so, day by day, although they believe in the Lord and are thankful for salvation, because they don't know the second step, they're still living to themselves. And we... Throughout the Lord's recovery, are basically no different. This is why we need the ministry of reconciliation that the apostles had, and that is the ministry today. We need the second step of reconciliation. We want to live to the one who died for us. This is what Paul could say. I'm again referring to Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who, who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, that is, in the old creation physically, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Paul is saying he's living in a new way. He's no longer living in his old man. He has been reconciled to God absolutely. And now Christ is living in him and he is living out this Christ by faith, knowing that the Lord loved him and died for him. And this applies to all of us. The Lord died for each one of us. He loves every one of us. He died for us so that now with Christ as the resurrection life we would stop living to ourselves directed by ourselves doing everything for the self. But we live to the Lord. We are directed by him. We seek to glorify him and express him. This is the second step of reconciliation. So now we come to the two veils Roman 2, the two steps of reconciliation are clearly portrayed by the two veils of the tabernacle. If you would read and study those verses from Exodus, and if you have the recovery version, read and study the footnotes, then as you are able to read the life studies on these verses, you will see that the whole tabernacle is a symbol, a type of Christ. We see this in John 1.14. The Word, God himself in Christ, became flesh and tabernacled among us. And so, because the tabernacle signifies Christ, all the aspects of the tabernacle are symbols, signs, types pointing to Christ. So, point A says, both veils signify The unique Christ, the Christ who died for our sins and also for us. So here is someone who has been washed in the water in the laver and has offered the sin offering on the altar now would like to enter into the holy place. And the entrance, we call it a veil, it's somewhat like a screen. And he needs to go through that entrance to be in the holy of holies. And that entrance, that veil, that kind of screen is Christ himself who died for our sins. So B says the first veil is called the screen because a screen keeps certain things out and allows proper things to come in. A sinner who was brought to God through the reconciliation of the propitiating blood entered into the holy place by passing through this screen. This typifies the first step of reconciliation. So Christ died for our sins. And we believe this. We believe in him. We believe that God has accepted Christ's death for us, for our sins. And he proved this by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens. And now this Forgiveness is applied to us by the cleansing blood of Christ. He shed his blood for us. And we see in Revelation 7, a multitude of people in the Lord's presence, and they were able to be there because they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. And Revelation twenty two fourteen says, blessed are they who wash their robes. They have the right to the tree of life. So in our personal life with the Lord, every day, I and we can come to him based on the blood he shed for us. The propitiating blood, the blood that solves the problem, that satisfies God's requirements, that causes us to have peace toward God. This is being Reconciled to God from our sins. This is the first step of reconciliation. We are so thankful for this. When Paul was writing concerning propitiation in Romans 3, he spoke about faith in the Lord's blood. My brothers and sisters, we need to look to the Lord that he would increase our faith in his blood. Day by day, we may have failures. Even something, we have to call it as sins, mistakes. Then what should we do? Let's read 1 John chapter 1. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now our fellowship is restored. There's just a hallelujah within me even for this stage of reconciliation. But the burden in this conference is that we would advance to the second stage, that we would, little by little, gradually, come to know and understand what this second stage is. And then to realize this involves us, our person. Christ died for us. And then as we are advancing toward actual experience, we need to be willing for the Lord to touch certain parts of our being that are keeping us away from being fully reconciled to God. We'll see more of this in the remainder of the outline. Okay, now we're in point C. The second veil still separated the sinner from God who was in the Holy of Holies? Please remember the glory of God, that is, God expressed, was in the Holy of Holies. God was not present in that way in the holy place, rather, there were provisions. From God through Christ in the holy place. Wonderful provisions. The bread of life, the living bread, the true bread, the bread of God, the heavenly bread. I'm referring to John 6, the same bread with all these characteristics. And we can feed upon Christ as this living bread. Then Christ shines in us. And then with Christ as the incense altar and the incense, we can pray in a wonderful way. But this still is not in the Holy of Holies. There's a separation, the second veil. And let me just ask, brothers and sisters, how long do you want to stay outside of the Holy of Holies? It's, it's a blessing, it's joyful to be in the holy place. And we may have a very pleasant church life in the holy place. But eventually the Lord will put in us a desire, a longing to advance. Lord, there's this veil here you're on the other side of the veil. I want to go on, and you want me to go on. And so there's this separation. So we need these next subpoints. The veil needed to be rent, and that is to be torn. From the top to the bottom. I say from the top to the bottom because that is what happened to the very thick veil in the temple in Jerusalem. When our Lord Jesus died on the cross, marvelous things happened. And one of these things was the veil in the temple was rent. It was torn from top to bottom indicating the way into God is now open to us. It was closed until that time. But we need to pass through this veil and we need to experience as we will see the tearing, the opening of this veil so we can enter into the Holy of Holies and to the Lord of Glory himself. Points 1 and 2. This veil needed to be rent that the sinner might be brought to God in the Holy of Holies. And this is what was in Paul's heart when he wrote Second Corinthians. He mentioned in First Corinthians that he was their father, spiritually speaking. Through his gospel preaching and that of his co-workers, many Corinthians were saved. They were baptized. They became the church in Corinth. But even at the best, that was a church in the holy place. The veil was still there in their church life and in their personal life. That is why Paul called out to them, be reconciled to God in the second step. And so we know from these verses, as a reference to C1, Matthew 27, 51, tells us the fact the veil was torn, was rent. Then Hebrews 10, verses 19 and 20, tell us, That veil signifies the flesh. Christ was broken on the cross. He died for us. That is the intrinsic significance of the tearing of the veil. He died for us so that we through the crucified and resurrected Christ as the one who opened the veil, and who is the veil opened, we can enter into God in the Holy of Holies. And here I would point out that the new Jerusalem, which is the who is which is the wife of Of the Redeeming God. It's not a physical city. It's not heaven. It is a corporate person. And the New Jerusalem, this corporate person, the wife of the Redeeming God, is in the Holy of Holies. This is God's goal, and for eternity, in the new heaven and the new earth. We will be living in God and he in us. And we will be in the reality of the Holy of Holies, in the Lord of glory. And now we have the opportunity and the privilege to begin to experience this now so that we may be the new Jerusalem in the next age, in the kingdom age. Because we were reconciled in the second step now, in this age. And then in this next section, we see the application of these two veils especially the second veil. And dear ones, this is where we need to be sincerely, honestly, open to the Lord. And we shouldn't be saying things quickly. This is between us and the Lord. Do we want to experience the second step of reconciliation? We say yes, amen. Okay. Are we willing to have the experiences we need to have in order to experience the second step of reconciliation. We need to be willing. And the Lord knows. He knows every aspect of our inner being, every cell. We need to be honest with him, sincere with him. Some may say, Lord, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid of the cross. I'm afraid what will happen. He knows this. He will shepherd you until you can say, Lord, I give myself to you. I'm open to you. By your grace, give me the experiences I need. I want to be fully one with you. Absolutely reconciled to you. Point three, the goal of 2 Corinthians is to bring the believers into the Holy of Holies to live with God in their spirit that they may be persons in the spirit. In First Corinthians chapter 3 Paul spoke very directly to the church in Corinth and he realized you're not spiritual you are even fleshy not only fleshly fleshy they were not living in the mingled spirit But Paul was burdened for them that they would enter into the Holy of Holies which experientially is God in Christ in our spirit. The Holy of Holies experientially is not only in the heavens. It is in our spirit. And the Lord does not want us to come and go in and out. He wants us to live with him in our spirit and therefore become persons in the spirit. A, Paul's words, be reconciled to God, were spoken not to rebels and sinners in the outer court, but to believers in the holy place. So right now, as I'm Speaking, and this is a conference for the churches in Brazil. Of course, it's for the whole body, but the focus is the churches in Brazil and all the saints in the churches in Brazil. As the Lord is looking upon us and into us surely he realizes that most of these beloved believers the members of his body are in the holy place they feed on the bread through the word they experience the light of life Somewhat. They're learning to pray. But the Lord is not satisfied. He died not only for our sins, but for us. And we need to be willing for this, quote, us to experience the rending the tearing of the veil, so that we may actually enter into the Holy of Holies in our spirit and then simultaneously in the heavens. So, when Paul said, Be reconciled to God, he is speaking to the believers in Corinth. Who at the best were in the Holy of Holies. And I would say this, not myself, but the Lord is still saying in us, He's speaking in us now be reconciled to God. And he's speaking to us through this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Be reconciled to God. What will we do with this word? It's a command, an imperative. Be reconciled to God, fellow believers. B says, the Corinthian believers had been reconciled to God having passed through the first veil and having entered into the holy place. Although they had been reconciled to God in the first step, they still lived in the flesh. They still lived in the flesh. Well, in order to be reconciled to God in the second step, we need to be willing for the light to shine on us to show us where we actually are living. Where we are, most of the time, day by day. And to say we're living in the flesh doesn't mean that we're practicing terrible sins all the time. We're just living in the old man, in our fallen nature. If we're not in the spirit, we're in the flesh. There's no middle ground. And we need to realize this. It's somewhat like a person has some symptoms, physical symptoms, in their body. And they realize, I need to see a doctor he may want us, me to have some tests and he examines. And then this doctor realizes our condition. And in faithfulness, he has to tell us you have this kind of illness. If we say, no, no, I don't believe that. No, I'm healthy, I'm strong. Then the doctor can't help us. He can't help. Because we're not willing to recognize our real condition. But here, we have two things to realize one is our condition, the other is the glory of God in the Holy of Holies. God wants to bring us here, where he is. He wants to bring us in Christ into himself. He's not just exposing us to deal with us. That's not the end. That's the procedure. To make us one with him more than ever before. So, I read B again. The Corinthian believers had been reconciled to God, having passed through the first veil and having entered into the holy place. Although they had been reconciled to God in the first step, they still lived in the flesh. They needed to pass through the second veil, which had been rent already, And enter into the holy of holies. So please pay attention to this. We need to pass through the second veil. Well, what does this mean? We're not talking about the literal veil in the temple in Jerusalem. The veil signifies the flesh, our fallen being. What does it mean to pass through this veil? It means that we receive the death of Christ for us, applied to our natural being through the Spirit, so that we experience the rending of the veil in our own being. This veil is in our flesh, our self, our natural constitution. This part of our being is the veil. And the deepest part of our being, within the soul, which is in the body, is our mingled spirit, where the Lord is. 1 Corinthians six seventeen, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And the Lord wants us to advance from being outside the spirit, outside of the Lord of glory in our spirit. But in order for this to happen, we have to pass through the second veil. This means that what Christ accomplished on the cross... When he died for us he opened the way into God through the veil that was torn open. The veil signifies the flesh which we are and which we have. Now we come down to this matter. Are we willing to pass through the veil in our experience to enter into the holy of holies really God himself in our spirit so point C takes us a further step in what I hope will soon be the experience of so many saints in Brazil and throughout the recovery. Although the Corinthians had been saved and reconciled to God halfway, they still lived in the flesh. That is, they lived in the soul, the outward man. The natural being. This is where the Corinthian believers were living. Now, our Father God and our dear Lord Jesus, they know where we are living, in what part of our being we are living. And if we are, most of the time, living in the soul, in our natural mind, emotion, and will, in the outward man, and the natural being, that means in us, The veil is still there. It hasn't been rent in us. We're outside. Our natural being, our self, our flesh, that is the second veil. Once we realize this, we can go on Point one, their natural being was a separating veil. So that was true of the Corinthians. Are we not the same? Our natural being is a separating veil. How long will we be separated? Our whole life? The remaining time we have measured out to us? Will we have to spend a thousand years experiencing this? Remember, ultimately, we will all be the new Jerusalem, the Holy of Holies. So the question is just a matter of when we will have this experience. What a blessing it will be to pass through this second veil now. To ask the Lord to lead us through. Again I say to give us the necessary experiences. Point two the veil of the flesh of the natural man still separated them from God. With the Corinthians, Paul was endeavoring to carry out the second step of reconciliation. Paul was working on the Corinthians to cut asunder the veil of the flesh to crucify their natural life. Yes, the Lord wanted the Corinthian believers to pass through the second veil. He wanted them to be fully reconciled to God But the Lord was doing this through a member of the body, one of the apostles, who had the ministry of reconciliation. He himself had passed through the second veil. Now, through the words of his ministry, he will labor on the believers so that they would be cut asunder. The veil will be broken. Then they will, wow, they'll realize, this is wonderful. I'm in the Lord. I'm beholding his glory. I turn to the Lord, the veil's taken away. That's another kind of veil, but still the same thought. I'm here, face-to-face with the Lord. Marvelous. It's beyond words. It was the enemy who made me so afraid of having the experiences I needed. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for leading me through. Small b, he, Paul, was cleaving the separating veil of the flesh so that the believers could enter into the holy of holies. Because Paul was one with the Lord, constituted with the Lord. He was pure. He was full of the Lord's love for the saints. He then could speak words that Had the effect of cutting the veil, cleaving the separating veil of the flesh, so that the believers could enter into the Holy of Holies. And many of us can testify that numerous times Brother Lee spoke such words to us. He was not angry. He was not severe. He was not judging. But he was spoken, He spoke words that would rend the veil, that would cleave, break open the separating veil. This is what trainings can do. In the, in the training, the Lord wants to touch our being our natural being through the ministered word. I just don't have the words to thank the Lord for his mercy to me. There's just one of his believers, one of his brothers, to be brought to and under such a reconciling ministry. I just thank the Lord and thank the Lord for our faithful brother Lee. And now this ministry of reconciliation must go on in a blending way, in a corporate way. Now the last section, only when we pass through the second veil Are we thoroughly reconciled to God and able to enjoy Him in full? Just consider this last part: able to enjoy Him in full. This is in our vocabulary. To speak about enjoying the Lord. I never heard this till I came into the Lord's recovery. And here we're reading about enjoying the triune God in full. Surely the Lord is putting into our being the desire for this. So we can tell him, Lord, I'm not content with where I am. Lord, please don't leave me where I am for the rest of my life. I thank you that you died for my sins to reconcile me to God. Thank you for that first veil. But Lord, I'm learning there's a second veil in me. Lord, I'm willing, I choose to pass through the second veil. You know what needs to happen in me, what experiences I need, what the Word needs to accomplish, what the Spirit needs to do. You know the way. I'd like to tell you, Lord, I'm not passive. I'm not like that man, paralyzed for so long, lying by the pool, waiting for an angel to come and stir it up and someone to put him in the water. No, you are with my spirit. You're in the heavens ministering to us. Lord, I choose to pass through the second veil. And my prayer for you, inwardly, as I'm with you now, sharing this. Lord, make all the saints in Brazil willing to pass through the second veil. Lord, please give them a taste of the joy that's in the Holy of Holies. Lord, in your name we bind the enemy who instills fears in us and injects negative thoughts in us. Lord, I don't want to be halfway reconciled. I want to be fully reconciled. So here I am, Lord. Do what you need to do. I love you, I believe in you, I trust you, and I'm open to you. A, although the flesh was riven when Christ was crucified, experientially, our flesh may still be whole. I'm aware of a number of of beloved saints. They're mainly elderly saints because they came into their recovery 50 or 50 plus years ago. They're still here. But their flesh, their natural being is still whole. What if someone in a spirit of love and fellowship would say that to you, Dear brother, you're still whole. Do you want to remain untouched in your natural being and not go beyond the holy place? I'd like to testify to you it's a blessing. It's a treasure, it's a mercy to pass through the second veil. Be the reason many have not entered into the Holy of Holies is that although their sins have been forgiven, their flesh has not been broken but remains untouched. There's one dear brother in particular. He went to be with the Lord a number of years ago. I'm not judging him. The Lord knows. I still care for him. I look forward to seeing him in eternity. But those who had the discernment realized he was wearing an invisible sign. Don't touch me. And, as far as I know, he wouldn't allow the Lord to touch him. And he finished his course untouched. My brothers and sisters, I'm not ashamed to say, I'm not afraid to say, I love you. I love all of you. I don't want to see you end your course untouched, unbroken, not fully reconciled. This word is a word of love from the Lord for you all. And now the last point. The Spirit and all things work together